Thanks, Jeff, for reading our gospel for us today. You can tell that Jesus is in the midst of trying to convey to his disciples and all of us what it means to follow him, what it means to be disciples of his, how important it is for us and for the disciples to heed his words, to listen to them, and then to do them, to live them out. The passage that Jeff read follows what comes right before it, the first five verses of the chapter, where Jesus talks about how it is something so, so awful that any of us should uh, ever do anything or say anything that would cause a little one in the faith to stumble and fall, uh, to get in their way somehow of being able to become disciples. And that term little one can be just that, someone who is new to the faith, someone who is trying to figure what it means to follow Jesus, uh, someone who is is maybe not able to, to have all of the, the benefits that others have had along the way, um, both um, exposure to these scriptures, both um, the ability to be able to learn them and understand them, and uh, the ability to be able to have access to them. All those ways in which people are, are sometimes pushed off to the sides. Jesus says it would be better for um, anyone who causes one of these to stumble, that they would have a millstone placed around their neck and thrown into the sea. Now that is a pretty extreme image, isn't it? And it follows this passage about how important it is to forgive and to forgive someone even seven times in one day. Now, Jesus seems to say that with such intensity and such urgency. And then what follows is this passage where the disciples immediately ask him to increase their faith. It's almost as if of everything that they have heard Jesus teach and talk about, they're starting to wonder whether or not they even have what it takes to truly be disciples of his whether or not they have what it takes to be able to do all these things, to be able to forgive, to be able to not do anything or say anything that causes someone to be turned away from the faith, to, to, to not understand, to not grow deeper, to not grow closer to Jesus or to God. It's almost as if they wonder, do we have what it takes and they, they ask, they pray, they beg of Jesus, give us more, give us what you have, give us your share. To which Jesus responds pretty indignantly um, with these words that we hear uh, about how um, even if we had faith as small as a mustard seed, the tiniest of seeds, but yet when it grows, it becomes one of the biggest of all shrubs. Um, a tree that, that birds can take nests, make nests in and um, that offer shade for them. And, and yet, it's so, so very small. 
And you have to wonder just what Jesus is saying there. It's almost as if he, in some ways, is, is kind of doubting whether or not their faith is even as big as a tiny little mustard seed. We all doubt at times, especially when we find ourselves in circumstances where we're just not sure if we can handle it, if we're just not sure that we have what it takes, if we start to, to question where is God and we don't exactly know the answers to the questions that we're asking. It might be where the disciples are finding themselves at in this place. And so then Jesus goes on to ask them these, these questions that, that sort of uh, prompt this no answer. Who among you would um, have your servants at that time? That was a part of their, their society and their way of, their, of life in an agrarian society. But who among you would have them come in from the field and then take a place at the table? To take a place of honor and sit down and have a meal? Well, that was unheard of, unthinkable. Of course you would have them come in and prepare your dinner, serve you so that they could eventually get to their dinner. And then Jesus asks this question, when, when would you ask to be thanked for doing what you are supposed to be doing? What is your lot in life? I think through all of that, Jesus is trying to get at a couple of things. One, the part about um, the disciples' request to increase their faith. I think Jesus is trying to remind us that he can't do anything for us. That we have faith within us that we have been given kind of like the seed the seed that has been planted within each of us and it's up to us now that we've been given it to take care of it to tend to it to nurture it to help it to grow in fact the way that it grows is when we are attentive to it when we trust its power to do what it has been created to do, to grow, to blossom. I think what Jesus is trying to say to them and to all of us is to trust the power of the seed, to do what it has been created to do, to grow and to bring about a harvest, a good harvest, 30, 60, even a hundredfold, to trust that and the way that we help it to grow is by doing the things that we have heard and we have seen of Jesus. Sometimes it's really easy to overthink things. I don't know if that happens to you or not, but I know that as a planner, I like to plan out every possibility, every potential thing that I could ever need for something. And, and sometimes you spend so much time in the work of planning that you lose time in the doing. You lose time actually just going out to the soil and digging a hole, making sure that a seed has been put in there and then covering it up and watering it and then stepping back 
to allow it time to do what it does, to grow and to flourish. I think Jesus is trying to remind the disciples and all of us that we have to be careful not to overthink things, not to overplan things that we forget to do. This word faith is a really interesting one. In the Greek, it, the word is pistis, which can be translated as faith or belief or, or trust or confidence. And when you look at the ways that it's, it's interpreted in the New Testament, um, sometimes people exclusively think that it has to do with our, our mind, our understanding of, of having it all figured out about who God is, who Jesus is, about what we should believe and what we should think. But faith is also, and even maybe more so, a meaning of doing of how we live out, of how we practice what it is that Jesus has taught us and shown us through his life. And so Jesus wants us to remember to practice, to practice our faith. At the church that I grew up at, over one of the doors, there was this sign that said, Servant's Entrance. And I always liked that as I went in that door because it was this reminder of one of our identities as followers of Jesus. It is as a servant to serve, not only to serve God and Jesus, but to serve one another too. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say in the last part of our gospel. Do what you are to do. Do what's expected of you as a servant of God. Do what is asked of you because that is your role, to serve God, to serve one another. And while it's always great to receive a thank you for it, don't expect it. Don't wait for it. Don't, don't stop doing what you are needed and called to do until you receive a thank you. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say in the last part of our passage is, as servants of God that we are, go and do what it is that you have been asked, called to do, to serve, to serve God and to serve one another. Go and do so joyfully. And while it's nice to be thanked, don't wait for a thank you. Don't let that be what stops you from going forward, but let your serving be done in joy. And the thing about it is that as you do it, as you practice it again and again and again, as you serve in every way that you are able to, in every way that God gives you ability and gifts to be able to serve, you will find that the seed of faith that is within you is more than the right size for all that you need that you don't need any more faith than what you already have because it is alive and growing within you. So then the only question that remains is, what are we waiting for? Servants of God, here we are, ready to serve. Amen.